0: Jimmy, Jimmy, wake up. It's Miss morning. What? It's Miss morning. Santa dualness Kaiba's been morning? Here. Santa Kaiba. Santa Kaiba
1: came in the night in his blue-eyes-white jet
0: the, the, and the, chucked
1: the, a present out the
0: window? He did. He did. It's a brand-new episode. Oh, wow. Of this Thanks, year podcast. Santa Kaiba. It's, it's everything I asked for for Christmas and more.
1: I was going to make a joke about leaving out some kind of milk and or cookies for Kaiba, but I don't know what kind of anything Kaiba likes to eat or drink.
0: Have we seen Kaiba eat or drink? I don't think so. I mean, we've seen... We've seen, uh, like, Yugi and the gang eating burnt-ass fish. And we've seen...
1: (laughs) Wow, Kaiba left me a whole burnt-ass fish (laughs) in my Christmas... In my Duelmas
0: stocking. We've seen Pegasus drinking wine. Wine and
1: burnt fish. Mm. It's the true meaning of dualness.
0: That's that's how you know that Santa Kaiba is the real thing. As he started with two burnt ass fishes and he fed the whole town.
1: <laughs>
0: or is that a different it, or is that a different figure around this season? <laughs> Egyptian gods
1: bless us, everyone.
0: <laughs> uh It's time to pop up pop pu- 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 podcast Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. This week, Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas, Tyler.
0: Or, uh, you know, what? whatever other holiday. Or, if you don't celebrate any holiday today, m- Merry... Uh, what the fucking day is it? Merry Tuesday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I literally had to look at my calendar just then.
1: Well, for us recording this, it's the day after the solstice, so... Yay, yeah. it's going to start getting uh, brighter for longer.
0: Happy solstice to uh, all of our pagan listeners. Yay. Well, I mean, happy solstice to everybody. It's,
1: it's a fun yeah. time for all. I um, mean, it's not, it's not the solstice isn't something you have to believe in. It just kind of happens. It
0: just happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy, do you have, because, because this episode is coming out bright and early uh, on, on, on Christmas morn, Uh, in fact, it actually might be coming out Christmas Eve for some of our West coast audience because of the time difference I have now,
1: because it'll come, it'll
0: come out Christmas morning, my time. So either real early Christmas morning, your time, or maybe Christmas Eve, who knows? Uh, but Jimmy, do you have any, any Christmas morning, like, uh, like, like traditions,
1: Christmas morning traditions. Um, well, whenever I wake up on Christmas morning I meet my parents down in the in the family room with the fireplace, which is where all our stockings and stuff are. And we like dig into the stockings first before we go into the the other room with a Christmas tree in it. It's a nice way to wake up to just sit around and drink coffee and open presents and it's a it's a delightful time. That's sounds... on fire. <sighs>
0: Man, being an only child must be really nice sometimes. <laughs> that sounds uh, that sounds nice. What, what and quiet. were your
1: Christmas mornings?
0: Uh, yeah, well, it's kind of nice. Growing up, because I'm the oldest of four, my Christmas mornings typically started around four in the morning. Because, yeah, uh my siblings couldn't sleep ever because they're too excited about Christmas, so we would wait until like seven in the morning to wake up my parents. And they would make us wait until about nine in the morning before we could do anything. Um, nowadays, uh, because I'm an adult, uh, most of it is just like Pepper wakes me up eventually, and
1: I'll <laughs> wake same up time Lauren eventually. eventually does. Yeah,
0: exactly. And and uh, you know, uh, with Lauren's family, they have a tradition of like uh, giving pajamas uh the night before so we all get like a oh, new set of fun. pajamas the night before so you know we'll put on like our Christmas pajamas and uh if we're hanging out with them you know we'll go hang out with them and eat breakfast and open presents but um yeah it's it's uh quieted down significantly from uh, <laughs> from growing up which is really nice um but I think I think really the only like tradition that we're gonna keep now I think it's really just like doing as little as possible Christmas morning, like and Christmas in general, like we're going out for lunch and then we just bought like some, uh, some pre-made meals for dinner. So we're going to do just as little work as possible. It's going to be really nice.
1: Well, that sounds like a nice chill time.
0: I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I have been expressly forbidden from bringing up or talking about Yu-Gi-Oh on Christmas as a present (laughs) to Lauren. No, that's not real. She wouldn't say that, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be kind to her and not bring it up.
1: <laughs> so I have to know, since you're so far north now, mm-hmm. uh are you going to have a white Christmas?
0: No, and I'm really bummed about it. We Aww. had we had a little bit of snow last week. Um, but now this whole week is actually fairly warm. It's uh let me see here. Yeah, it's like a high of like nine degrees. Um celsius celsius nine degrees celsius it's like in the 40s i guess fahrenheit um so yeah i'm a little bummed about that but that's okay
1: yeah well i can guarantee you i won't be having a white christmas you know central california
0: oh yeah let's see what the
1: let's see what the oh yeah it's 58 degrees there god
0: it sounds so warm (laughs) uh my (laughs) so uh apparently uh my, my mom's husband, John, has uh, this, like, timeshare in Mexico, uh, and so she, the, the two of them and my two little brothers went to Mexico for, like, a week and a half, and they just got back, so they sent oh. me all these pictures from, like, I think it was, like, Cabo San Lucas or something, but just, like, on a beach, chilling. It's, like, 70 degrees there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, let me look at this while I put on my second pair of socks, <laughs> uh speaking of socks what is your we're just going to talk about christmas some more uh what, what about your favorite uh gift to get on christmas
1: um like historically um candy Ooh, candy is always nice uh, my uh my stockings or all our stockings are filled with uh candy and junk on Christmas never anything like super important but my mom always goes out and gets uh, a whole bunch of candies and stuff and puts them in our stockings and so uh there's like those those chocolate balls that are like really nice and they've got caramel in them
0: like a kinder egg kind of
1: kind of yeah the the more not without anything inside them besides Uh more chocolate and caramel and it's delightful um when I was uh, a kid, we would get um, let's see what's the name of that the the sour altoids.
0: Oh God! Those? Yes,
1: I love those. They were the best, and they discontinued them. But then Yo, last year what? they did what? They've when? been uh, for like years and years. They've stopped making sour altoids. I must, for
0: I must have just been getting knockoffs. <laughs>
1: at least a half a decade.
0: Wait, do you still have them? I've definitely had them like in the last two years.
1: Really? Yeah, are you I'm sure there fairly sh- like
0: a different brand. I'm pretty sure, but I'm probably wrong. Knowing that they've been discontinued, I had no
1: idea. Yeah, it's a thing like on Reddit. to Like f- all these people are like pining over the loss of sour altoids and how they miss the the sour altoids
0: and how good they were. That must be a miserable subreddit to be on. <laughs> Just everybody bemoaning the loss of sour altoids. Well, a few years ago, I was home and digging in
1: uh, my parents' kitchen, and um, I was going through a drawer, and I found, like, uh, these tins of sour Altoids that had been in, like, my mom's stocking or whatever, and they were, like, still full of Altoids, but they were all, like, melted together into, like, giant pucks of sour stuff.
0: And you still bit into that, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. Okay, yeah. Waste not, want not. Of course.
1: It was less good than you would hope, but Uh it still tasted similar to my memories. (laughs) What's your favorite thing to get on Christmas?
0: Uh, I'm a big fan of like, you remember like sharper image catalogs? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of getting the like cheapest thing from a sharper image catalog or like a, uh, like a Brookstone, you know, like you go and you get the, it's a, top that also like predicts the weather or it's a it's a oh, yeah. alarm clock that projects the the time onto your ceiling or i had one of those yeah oh yeah yep they're all they're that, classic
1: that sky mall shit
0: yeah yeah so I'm, I'm a big fan of like the like five to twenty dollar range of sky mall products i think <laughs> just because it's something where i'm like yeah, I would never spend money on this for myself, but I like having the thing from the catalog just so I can be like, "Yeah, this is shit, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Santa. Um, I think my favorites have been things like, um, like you know those uh those multi tools that are like credit card sized. Oh yeah, I love I've got getting one. those or like pens that are also rulers and levels and laser pointers. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, I had the, um, the alarm clock that projects it on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, but the projector part is on the back. So, and it's just like, you, start, you know the quality of these products, so it's not that great. Um, but the projector was like so small, you had to like put it on the other side of the room if you wanted to be able to see it in bed or whatever. Oh, weird. And so I would just point the thing at the wall so I'd be able to, like, wake up in bed at night and be able to see what time was projected on the other side of my my room.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, the uh, the build quality in a lot of these things is sort of like, sort of like if you took two Happy Meal toys and put them together. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, I you know I don't really have a whole lot else to say about Christmas. Like I recognize that you know, maybe not all of our, our listeners celebrate Christmas and that's okay. I think, I think, you know, we all kind of, even those of us who do celebrate Christmas, celebrate it differently. Uh, I, I hope that, you know, whether or not you, uh, enjoy Christmas as a day or Christmas as a week, or like some people I know Christmas as a month, uh, you, uh, you find some time to kind of like relax and enjoy things today and, 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 You know, get whatever rest you need. Uh, Jimmy and I were saying before the recording started how, like, crazy a year 2018 has been. Uh, Jimmy, he reminded me this. We had an Olympics this year? This year
1: has been, like, 10 goddamn years. Yeah,
0: I genuinely forgot that we had a Winter Olympics in February of this year. Like, that... That is, that feels like a different lifetime to me that that happened.
1: Yeah, that was so long ago that I can barely remember what, where I was or what I was doing.
0: Yeah. So, you know, whoever you are, wherever you are, uh, whatever you feel like celebrating today, like I hope that you take the time, maybe use this podcast as an opportunity to like rest, relax, eat. God knows I am going to eat so much food today and I'm very excited. I get to eat lunch in a castle uh, because I live in England, and they have them here, <laughs> which is new I love for all me. the
1: photos you guys have been putting online.
0: Oh, yeah. We have been doing... just your environment. We've been doing some exploring while Lauren's on break, and it's been wonderful. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Jimmy, did you come prepared to talk about arguably the most important thing that we will ever talk about in 2018? I am so
1: prepared. This is pot... I- I've got a list. I'm not going to show it to you. Yeah, please
0: don't. Uh,
1: But I went through, and I actually got all... I wrote down, like, my ten favorite cards that we've seen in the show and talked about on the show. And, like, I put up a... I I made my own, like, bracket to, like, figure out which ones are, like, objectively my top five. And the results surprised me.
0: So... Well, you... (laughs) You have already done more preparation than me, my friend. Uh this week we are talking about our top five cards of 2018. And at the end of this episode, we will have determined the best card, the card of the year, shall we say, of twenty eighteen. Uh just briefly, the, the ground rules here are this has to be a card from Yu-Gi-Oh! duel monsters, uh, that we have mentioned. In any of our episodes that we have made this year, so that's a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, but not all the Yu-Gi-Oh cards. We we have to uh, have have at least sort of waved at them, maybe not even said their name, but sort of, sort of mentioned them in passing in yeah. one of our episodes. Uh, this is arguably the most important podcast episode of 2018.
1: No other podcast can compete with our top 5 cards I, of the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh.
0: I dare you, and I dare any of our listeners to go out and find another podcast uh intelligent enough, brave enough, uh you know, any any other podcast with the sort of internal fortitude to release a Christmas bonus episode wherein they list the best Yu-Gi-Oh card of the year 2018. No one else is doing you, this, Jimmy. We're You can't do it. This is history. This is history in the making, my friend. All right. I feel the eye of history upon me. Are you ready to get started? I'm so ready. It's time to r- 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 rank the cards.
1: <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do that.
0: I didn't know either until about 30 seconds ago. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, Jimmy. We're going to start Yo. with uh, our number five cards and then move uh, sequentially up to number one. Would you please tell me what your number five card is?
1: My number five card is Castle of Dark Delusions. Castle of, of Dark was, Illusions. Yep. This was one of the first cards we saw on the show that like affects the battlefield in some way. And I feel like that's a really interesting mechanic to bring into what's otherwise just a regular card game, ostensibly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was this was Panic's card, right? Yes. Panic, Panic uh, at, at the, the disco. disco. Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. I'm glad we went the same way. Uh, yeah. No. It and it uh, w- remind me all the effects of the card because it had a few, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, Castle of Dark Illusions is a. I don't know if it's a. It's not a trap card, but it's like. It's a, it's a magic card that comes out, it's a floating castle, and it shrouds your side of the battlefield in darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, other opponent, your opponents, can't attack you, because they can't see into the darkness. But you can attack them?
0: Right, yeah. So okay. it's like
1: a, a fog of war in, in, like, a video game. Yeah. And the only way to bring down this darkness, um, like, the, the game... Mechanics are kind of messed with a little bit on the show because uh, of all the holographic stuff where they can like blow up part of the battlefield and like use mm-hmm. that light to see like where the other
0: creatures are. I think it's stab the moon, you know. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a stab the moon kind of thing, which I, I really like. <laughs> but in uh, in the episode, it was a stab the castle because the castle is floating And so Yugi just attacked the castle's flotation ring, which came completely out of left field and brought the whole castle down on all the creatures lurking in darkness. Yeah, yeah, it it was like a a
0: separate. It was like a Jetsons like floating ring that somehow had its own hit points that wasn't explained until it was important.
1: Yeah, no one knows these things until Yugi like just does them in the show. <laughs> but the Castle of Dark Illusions is like a, a spooky, like Ganondorf style floating castle with like this stone ring around it, and then it just projects this aura of darkness underneath.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so like a, few... uh, it's like a it's like a Castlevania or like Yeah. Like uh like it's like it's like and D location, basically. Yeah. That's Do you basically think... exactly what it is. Do you think that if Panic were in charge of Duelist Kingdom, that's what the like keep at Duelist Kingdom would look like?
1: It would be a lot more interesting than just a boring ass regular castle, that's for <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> How do we make this castle more interesting? Hmm, floating. Floating castle, you say.
1: Exactly. Cool. So yeah, that's my number five. I um I was going through this list and I realized that a lot of my cards like mess with the game mechanics and like shunt the uh regular dualist kingdom sort of dual monsters game into like a more it, it's a, it's like taking a different game mode and putting it inside the the first game a game
0: yeah yeah well it's good that you had like a, a kind of like a paradigm i guess to judge like your favorite card on because mine are just like nah here's shit i liked
1: <laughs> <laughs> well what was your number five
0: Okay, so my number five card of 2018, uh, I was kind of kind of thinking back to like all my favorite cards and the cards that I could remember, and I was thinking about the different duelists that we've met uh, sort of in our time together watching Yu-Gi-Oh! And I was reminded of uh, my favorite duelist, I think it's safe to say, uh, really of this entire series... Uh, Jimmy, I'm talking about my friend and yours, Weevil Underwood. Ah, our good friend Weevil. Good friend the Weaves. Uh Weevil Underwood has, as you know, uh, uh, Jimmy, an all-insect deck. And, wow, uh, who
1: would have thought that a guy named Weevil Underwood would like bugs? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it would have been really funny if they like named him Weevil Underwood and made him look like that and like dress with insect stuff, but he's just really into like... I don't know, like dragons. Bats. <laughs> yeah, dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his thing. He's the dragon Actually, re- duelist. Actually, I really
1: like fire creatures.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, what if he still had that voice though? That might be a deal breaker. <laughs> anyway. Uh so Weevil Underwood, uh, when we first met him, had a, a very interesting card that is my number five card of the week. Or card of the week? Card of the year. Card of the year. So used to saying card of the week. Uh my number five What are card... years,
1: but just really long weeks.
0: God, the longest. Uh, my number five card is insect armor with laser cannon. <laughs> insect armor with laser about. cannon is, is an amazing card because it does something very special and near and dear to my heart.
1: It, it takes gives a an, bug a
0: gun. It does. It does. <laughs> because we first we first see weevil in a duel with um with uh, uh rex raptor rex raptor, rex racer man, rex raptor. Yeah, Rex Raptor. That's right. Man, we haven't seen these
1: guys in a long
0: time. No, fuck those guys, right? Like they <laughs> they'll, they'll be back. They'll come back. Um, but so we we first see him in a duel with Rex Raptor and he pulls out Basic Insect. Which is exactly what it sounds like. It's an insect that wears ugg boots and orders pumpkin spice lattes. Uh and he gives it this card. And this card says, "Take this normal regular Basic Insect." And give it a fucking backpack with a laser cannon coming out of it. <laughs> and there are a few things in life more metal than that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you know, like, especially in America, we're having this whole, like, right to bear arms discussion, right? Um, you, you know, if we're going to have that discussion, I think that we should bring up a more important point, which is give guns to bugs. <laughs> the Second Amendment, but for insects. But for insects, right? Like... Let this let this uh, this weird ant have a laser cannon, right? I think it's only fair. They're so small. I'm trying to
1: think of like puns I could do on like militia and bugs, but I'm
0: I'm blanking. Uh... My coffee
1: hasn't fully kicked in yet. <laughs>
0: well, you know, uh, ho- hopefully they're. Uh... Oh, I just tried coming up with one, too, and it didn't work. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas to us all. No puns. Uh, so, yeah. So, I don't know. I also just love... I love that it's so specific. Like, you can't just give this laser cannon to anybody. It has to be to an insect.
1: Yeah, that'd be a really useful card. But they made it so specific that you can only give this bug, this this gun, to bugs.
0: Right. So, you know.
1: Well, yeah, why not? I hope you enjoy this very specific <laughs> card if you have a bug deck
0: i yeah and that that's another part of the reason it, it made my top five i it, the more i think about it the more like joy it gives me <laughs> just thinking about it's it's like creation and use in a quasi real scenario uh i also yep. when i played dual links i had a weevil underwood deck with uh as many insect armor with laser cannons as i could have and it was my favorite card uh because it served me very well so that's my uh, number five
1: that reminds me of, um, in Magic recently, there was an expansion that had a bunch of vehicles, like magical vehicles that came out, and you could, like, tap them and crew these vehicles with your other creature cards.
0: Oh, yeah, so I remember this, yeah.
1: You could conceivably crew a uh, like a, a, a race car with squirrels, and it would, like, boost their stats, and you could send this race car full of squirrels out to <laughs> attack your enemies, <laughs> Which is something I really want to do. I want to build a a magic deck based entirely around giving equipment to things that should not have them absolutely and absolutely. This, this card fits squarely in that in that idea
0: it does it does It sounds like it's the premise for like a YouTube video with about a hundred thousand hits, right?
1: Just doing the most insane combos you can think of that like maybe like in the game they're not great, but like out of context, like story-wise, yeah, would hilarious. You gave this
0: grasshopper a laser cannon. You won't believe what happened next. <laughs>
1: it was too weak to pull the trigger because it's a grasshopper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So that's our number fives. Uh, number five. Castle of Dark Illusion. Is that right? Yep. I always forget to order the words in that card for some reason. Uh, and then insect armor with laser cannon was mine. All right. Number four, we're getting more serious here, Jimmy. Tell me what your number four card of the year is.
1: My number four is actually quite similar to Castle of Dark Illusions in that it uh, basically forms a new game mode inside of the regular game. Mm-hmm. My number four is Labyrinth Wall. Oh shit! That we saw in the the battle with the the Rhyming Brothers. Yeah, with the, Para uh, and Dox. the Paradox Brothers.
0: Yeah. I genuinely forgot that this was a real card. I thought this was just something special to that room they were in.
1: No, it's a card that they played. Oh. Okay. And the effect of this card was Uh it turns the, like, blank field where you put your cards into a maze. So then you have to have your creatures go through the maze in order to, like, reach other creatures and the other player, which... I think, is a really interesting concept to toy around with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's so interesting. I, I'm just, like, I'm mind-blown now that that was a card. I completely forgot about that.
1: Yeah, Labyrinth Wall.
0: Yeah. And it's cool, too, because, like, they had other cards, right, that would play off of that. Like, they had Labyrinth-specific cards.
1: Yeah, they had those cards, do you remember, where um they could, like, go through walls and stuff? mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so... Yugi and Joey's cards had to like march all the way through this maze, whereas their cards could just like pop out of the maze walls and attack them. Oh. And I feel like that's the sort of card that we, the like the protagonists of the series, should have. Yeah, like, you you notice that all these like really interesting cards that mess around with the format are all like boss cards or like boss specific to opponents. Right, and yeah. like Yugi and Joey always just have like generic monsters that maybe play off each other, but there's nothing that like affects the battlefield.
0: Right. Yeah. I guess I hadn't really considered that. That would be, I mean, I don't know if it would make it a a better show necessarily, but it would make it more.
1: It would make it more interesting, and I feel like that's yeah. what Dual Monsters needs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Or it'd almost be like like those superhero shows where they have like. Here is my power that I shall bring forth and change the f- the tide of battle. I don't know what superhero talks like that, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, like you know, when Iceman comes out, he's not just going to be throwing punches. He's going to be using his ice, right? Like, he's got that, like, signature thing.
1: Yeah. and I mean, Yugi and Joey and whoever have their, like, signature creatures that come out. Mm-hmm. But they're, they don't, like, affect... Like, those creatures can be in, like, any battlefield and the same stuff happens to them. They're always reacting to the opponent. They're not bringing out their own things to mess with the opponent. Like, imagine if Yugi had Labyrinth Wall and Panic played his Castle of Dark Illusions. And so his creatures were, like, moving around in the darkness. But Yugi was like, well, I'm just going to play Labyrinth Wall. So now your creatures are blind in the darkness and have to navigate this maze.
0: Right. And then he could, like
1: wait for those creatures to come out of the maze so we could take pot shots at them. Right. Yeah, oh, man. Would this be legal in, like, an actual Yu-Gi-Oh duel? Hell no. But, like, in the context of the show, it would make it much more fun, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, and as we've established, like the rules for dual monsters are—they are <laughs> They're made up wholesale. Yeah. <laughs> dual monsters rules are com- in this show
1: are just completely pulled out of their ass at just any random moment.
0: Right. Yeah. You you can make something legal just by saying it's legal. So I I don't worry too much about that. You can attack the moon. Yeah. Yes. This is a game in which you can attack the moon. You can put walls up whenever you like. So what's your number four? Oh man. Okay. Well, it's hard to top labyrinth walls, but you did bring up uh sort of the the protagonists of the show having signature monster cards, right? Mhm. And so I've been thinking a lot about one particular signature monster card uh that I think deserves recognition for I mean it's an okay card, right? Like it's fine mechanically speaking, uh but it, it deserves recognition for being kind of the card that brought this game and the show sort of into the public eye. Like, it's really what a lot of people know this for. And my number four card is Blue Eyes White Dragon.
1: I was going to guess.
0: Yeah, so Blue Eyes White Dragon, I feel like, is really the, like, symbol of Yu-Gi-Oh for a lot of people now. Like, even if they don't know the show or they don't know the card game, you could show them a Blue Eyes White Dragon or just say the words Blue Eyes White Dragon and they'll know what that is, right?
1: Yeah, if you're, like, even slightly familiar with Yu-Gi-Oh, You know what a blue eyes white dragon is.
0: Yeah, it's just sort of been... It's like the Pikachu of Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Yeah. It's it's just sort of become a part of society in a way.
1: An extremely angry Pikachu.
0: (laughs) Yeah, an extremely angry metal Pikachu with uh, lightning breath. You know. Yeah. Uh, Or is it Plasma? I always forget. White Some Lightning.
1: overwhelming attack. Grease
0: Lightning. Blue Eyes, White Dragon, Grease Lightning attack.
1: Flash Flare Blast.
0: Nope, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a throwback, folks. Uh, Anyway, yeah, no, like, I don't have, like, I don't, I don't know that Blue Eyes is, like, like, he's, you know, he, it's number four, right? Like, it's yeah. not high on my list. I don't think it's a particularly, like, good or interesting card. I just think it's important that we, like, recognize. Acknowledge it. Yeah, we stand on the shoulders of giants. And one of those of blue giants eyes, white is a blue-eyes so. white dragon, yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I almost put uh, blue-eyes or some of the other like famous cards in my list, but mm-hmm. uh, I excluded it for the same reasons you included it, because it's, just, it's not particularly interesting to me. That's it's fair. It's just uh, a big card that uh, Kaiba likes to bring out, and it's like the one he's obsessed with. Like there's nothing particularly good or interesting about Blue Eyes White Dragon other than it's big and scary looking.
0: Right. I think I think maybe that's another reason for me to add it to my list is like without Blue Eyes White Dragon, we just wouldn't have Kaiba. Yeah. He just wouldn't (laughs) be a character.
1: Yeah. This is a guy who has who built a jet specifically to look like this card.
0: mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he's uh that's his one thing. Hi, buddy, dork. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's our number fours. Nice and simple. Labyrinth Walls, Blue Eyes White Dragon. Jimmy, we're in number three now. We're getting to the halfway point of our top five. Please tell me what your number three card is.
1: My number three is also a dragon. It's uh, one of the few uh, creatures that I've put on my list. It is one we saw one or two episodes ago, it's the barrel dragon,
0: the barrel dragon, our good and old censored friend, <laughs> our censored
1: friend who, uh, went from looking like a cool wild west desperado to like a Chuck E. Cheese mascot. Or something.
0: <laughs> like in there next to the, uh, next to the skee ball machine. Yeah.
1: Pew, pew. It's laser barrel dragon now. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I actually included this card mostly because of how cool it looks. Not in this show, but in the original anime, the mm-hmm. uncensored version. Um, I just couldn't get it out of my head. This is a robot dragon made entirely of giant guns. And it's the sort of creature that, like, you could make an entire anime based on this sort of thing alone. Like a mecha gun dragon is 100% like an anime protagonist like Craft or like Friend Creature.
0: Yeah, isn't that just Megatron though? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of.
1: And Megatron is like a, a central character in Transformers whereas uh Barrel Dragon looks even cooler than Megatron in my opinion. True. And yet he's he just shows up for two episodes and then dies. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like uh barrel dragon just is such a cool concept that it deserves more recognition hashtag justice for barrel dragon
0: (laughs) uh remember to like and subscribe tweet at us hashtag justice for barrel dragon uh (laughs) jimmy if you could if you could name like if you can write a a spec script for a tv show wherein barrel dragon is one of the primary characters what would it be called
1: um it would be poorly translated as barrel dragon strike force
0: Yes! It'd be like Barrel Dragon and like Pendulum Machine Yeah the Slot Machine.
1: Well, like Barrel Dragon would be like the main protagonists. Uh, I can't decide if it would be like a vehicle or just like, like a giant Pokemon that the main character like orders around. But like the uh, protagonist friends would have other kinds of Barrel Dragons that would like come in and look cool. So there'd be like a sniper barrel dragon and like a bazooka barrel dragon. I
0: I love the, <laughs> I love the idea of it being like a Pokemon thing. Cause I'm picturing like spiky haired, like young protagonists, right? Yeah. But then I realized that, Oh, literally what that means is putting guns into the hands of children.
1: Not just any guns, like this barrel oh. dragon, like to scale of like an anime protagonist child It's basically giving a howitzer to a kid.
0: (laughs) Here, kid, drive this tank for a while.
1: This kid has mortars. This kid (laughs) is going to uh, level his enemy's house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Barrel Dragon and his army of child soldiers. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, I made that dark. Uh, I, I love it. Barrel Dragon's a great choice for a number three. Absolutely. What's your number three? My number three... So you remember how insect armor with laser cannon is like super specific? Mm-hmm. This one is the opposite in a way. Uh, my number three card I I picked again because the more I think about it and its implications, the more I love it and can't get it out of my head. Uh, my number three card is Horn of the Unicorn.
1: Really? I don't remember Horn of the Unicorn. Horn of the Unicorn
0: up. was played, like, once on an Imp card. It's one of the cards that Yugi has. Horn of the Unicorn, I'm pretty sure, granted I've done oh. very little research into this. Now uh, I remember it. Yeah, so, so you can play it on pretty much any card, I believe, or at least most cards, and it just gives it extra attack, but it does that by making that card grow a Unicorn Horn... <laughs> Which is the most like Axe Cop style shit that I've seen in this show.
1: That's literally like one of the central concepts in Axe Cop is just a guy who is so smart that he grew unicorn horn. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, yep. So it's it's just that. But in Duel Monsters and I can't get enough of it. Like I want to see Unicorn Horn or the Horn of the Unicorn, pardon me, on Axe. Every creature, like I want to see Dark Magician with Horn of the Unicorn, I want to see Barrel Dragon with Horn of the Unicorn, I want to see it on every monster because I want to know where that horn's gonna come out of. <laughs> hopefully the head or a head like region. Well, and that's the thing. That's the thing, right? Like what will they count as the head on barrel dragon, right? Like what will they count as the head on slot machine? Where will it point straight up coming out of time wizard or will it point forward a bit? Like, you know, these are the questions that I want answered. (sighs) I'm horny for horn of the unicorn.
1: I never want to hear that. You say that sentence again. (laughs) Let's move on.
0: Uh, well, that's my number three, and you, I'm sticking to it. My number three is Horn of the Unicorn. Yours was Barrel Dragon. Yes, sir. <sighs> okay, friends, we are we are getting into it. I hope that so far you have enjoyed your Christmas episode with us today. Uh, we are getting now to our number two cards of 2018. Jimmy, tell me what your number two card. Remember, remember, these are not just cards that you like, Jimmy. These are your best cards of 2018. So this is serious stuff. This is history in the making right here. Tell me your number two card of 2018.
1: My number two card of 2018 is one we have seen a lot. We have seen it used in a lot of different circumstances. And every time it's used, it does something completely different. And it's total bullshit. My number two card is polymerization. Oh, shit. They use this card so much and polymerization is just do whatever the hell you want card. Can you polymerize like a, a monster to like the corpse of another monster so it rots from the inside? Sure. Can you polymerize two monsters together so they become more powerful? Sure. It's basically like Yugi's p- personal get out of jail free card because <laughs> It's such a dumb bullshit card. You can basically do whatever the hell you want with it if you can justify it in-universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like it's like playing in... It turns like a, a game that ostensibly has rules such as dual Monsters into a game of d where you're trying to like convince the DM that your stupid idea is going to work. Yep. Because it doesn't seem to have any limits in the context of the show. Like in in the actual real world game i'm sure it does but it's just such a polymerization in the in the show is just such a great card for bluffing because the sky's the limit with it
0: it really is like i i'm i'm half expecting i know before too long here when we get into the new year we're going to have a duel with pegasus involved and i'm half expecting pegasus to just like chuck a glass of wine onto the field and play a polymerization on that and it's like a wine monster Ooh, yeah because of some rule that he wrote i guess yeah, yeah it,
1: you can basically combine monsters and i'm just thinking about like the possible things you can do with that is just really fun like imagine if you combined blue eyes white dragon and barrel dragon so you had blue eyes white barrel dragon so you have this three-headed monster with like three guns coming out and it's like pew pew
0: yes or like all
1: kinds of nonsense
0: (laughs) or like if you took uh like flame swordsman and um oh man like any of the dinosaurs right and you just have this like fire-breathing dinosaur that's explicitly not a dragon
1: (laughs) (laughs) or you could like combine um flame Swordsman or any other like human card with a bug card and it just turns into this horrible Kafka-esque monstrosity.
0: God, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 oh, yes. Please kill me. It turns into the metamorphosis.
1: Yes. It's 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 a bullshit card. <laughs> and it's used for nothing but bullshit.
0: And in its defense, like polymerization in the real game makes a lot of sense. Like it's actually a really cool mechanic. Uh, Have you seen anybody use it in real Yu-Gi-Oh? No. Okay, so in real Yu-Gi-Oh, essentially what you have is, in addition to your normal deck of, I think, up to 40 cards, typically, you can have an extra deck, which is, like, I guess depending on the explicit rules you're playing by, like, up to 5 or 10 cards, I forget which.
1: Oh, I think you may have mentioned this at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah, so the extra deck is just cards that can be like tribute summoned or like have to be tribute summoned or fusion summoned. So you can only get to those cards by using polymerization and each one lists like, here's the specific ingredients that I need in order to be summoned. So Mm. it actually works really cool. Like polymerization is sort of your access into this separate bit of cards that are supposedly more powerful. That's a cool mechanic. It's really neat. Uh, But in the show, yeah, it's like... (laughs) made up bullshit Combine two things yeah it's yeah
1: what's your number two
0: uh okay my number two is a card that we've seen not a not a whole lot we've seen it a few times and the one time that we that it like really came into play we saw a lot of it and it was used to great effect uh my number two card is unassuming but still iconic. Mm-hmm. My number two card is ferocious, but also cuddly. My number two card is Karibo. Ah,
1: I knew you when you said cuddly, it was gonna be Karibo.
0: <laughs> I love Karibo. Karibo is like It's the triple of cards. It is, it is. And I'm I'm always amazed that like there aren't more plush Karibo out there because it's so fitting that like chibi pillow treatment right yeah like it's that that squishy
1: fuzzy round animal
0: look yeah and it it, every time it comes out in battle right in the show whoever yugi's facing like laughs at it and scoffs at it right Mm -hmm. but in each case it is the first step the the first sort of pawn i suppose In this master plan that is like truly magnificent to behold once you kind of see it all laid out and in both cases that I'm thinking of anyway it would not have been able to start without Karibo for example the the time when uh, Yugi was dueling Kaiba on the rooftop and he played Karibo and then he played multiply so there was an infinite number of Karibos in defense mode creating this like
1: impenetrable wall
0: yeah yeah and then the second time when yugi was dueling my just a few episodes ago he plays karibo and she's like what the fuck is this and it's the first card that he has to play to begin playing cards to get the black luster ritual going and it's just it's it's so nice and useful to have this card that you can play so comfortably in so many different positions And it looks like that. Like, it's adorable. I want 20, right? Like, (laughs) it's like having a a floating dog.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Kripo is like Yugi's foot in the door to just start doing the most nonsense stuff imaginable. And it's so. I think there was, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was one episode where he couldn't play any big monsters. Mm-hmm. And so his only option was to play Karibo because it's so small. It's that attack was... is 300, defense 200.
0: Yeah, that was the that was the duel against Kaiba when he got yes. uh, his deck got infected. And he couldn't play any monsters with, I believe it was more than 500 attack. It might have been 1,000, but he had to play weak monsters. So he played Karibo, and then he multiplied Karibo. So it was technically a weak monster, but it was an infinite number of them. Which I just think is wonderful. Like it's it's amazing that you can have a card that does that sort of thing. And then all of the rules still make some sort of sense within the confines of the game that we've established.
1: Yeah, this isn't a game breaking card like some of mine. This is a card that fully works within the confines of the rules, but exploits them in various ways. It's a good multi-tool card. Yeah. And it's cute.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, The one thing that does make it better, and and I'm sad that I couldn't include this in my top five list, if and when we ever get to the GX series, Jimmy, there is a winged Karibo that plays a central role in the show. Uh, And and Karibos with wings are just like chef's kiss perfection. Just, I love them. (laughs) So good.
1: Now I'm picturing... Karibo with a laser cannon and Karibo with a
0: unicorn horn. <laughs> oh man, Karibo with a laser cannon would be so good.
1: Polymerization. Blue eyes white Karibo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dragon, and then instead of dragon heads, it just has little Karibo faces.
0: Uh what I really want to see is uh blue eyes toon dragon and karibo, because that's Aww, just that's just so a precious. furry. That's just a furry suit, right? <laughs> that
1: that's how you get Sasquatch.
0: Ooh, that's it. There you go. <laughs> we solved it. <laughs> He's out there. Um, Yeah. Okay. So those are our number two cards. We've got Karibo and polymerization as our number two cards of the year. Jimmy, man, I don't know. Like, I feel like I need to stretch or something like before we get to number one. I'm so excited. Uh, no, number one. Take a deep
1: breath. Oh, Take a sip of water. Oh geez. Okay, Prepare got- yourself got- mentally and physically.
0: Those of you at home can join me in my yoga pose. I'm currently doing uh, a downward uh, draw draw card. Downward draw card. (laughs) Uh, And all right. Okay. All right. Jimmy, are you ready to tell me your number one Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters card of 2018?
1: I am very ready. All right. Please do. Alright, my number one card of 2018 is my number one card um, despite the fact that we've only seen it ever played once. But the implications of what this card can do are staggering. And it's the sort of card that if we saw it played any more it would break the entire game of Duel Monsters completely. My number one card.
0: I am shaking with anticipation.
1: <laughs> is time machine.
0: Oh Banding Keith's
1: time machine, which is it looks like a big, almost like a steam locomotive. It's just this black machine shrouded in fog and like dials and all sorts
0: of nonsense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, it's, but it's, it's effect- the thing that they, it's the thing that they put Steve Rogers in in Captain America.
1: Yes. <laughs> but the effect is just bananas. It resets the entire game one turn backward. Yeah. And so your opponent can do anything but if you have time machine you can revert whatever that does and you know what he's going to do now or what they're going to do now and not, not only are you prepared for it, you can then just revert it you can plan for it and then place another card of your own and just essentially ruin your opponent's whole turn or possibly the whole game shit you'll know what you'll know what monsters are going to bring out you'll know what magic cards or trap cards are on the field if you trigger them it just it, it's um it's like in that great movie uh Live, Die, Repeat, or Edge of Tomorrow, the movie so good they had to give it two names.
0: <laughs> I still where haven't just... seen
1: it. Is that bad? Oh, it's really good. <laughs> I mean, I think like, it's on Netflix can... or something.
0: You can spoil it for me. Like, he lives, he dies, and it repeats. I get that
1: part. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Groundhog Day, except fighting an alien invasion, where he right, just it's... gets. He lives so long that he knows everything that's going to happen that day and just like. Ninja dodges his way past every single obstacle because he memorizes it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. um, if you have time machine in your deck, you can basically do that in a card game. And I feel like if Yugi or someone had this card, it would just be so game breaking. Yeah, like every episode, it would. There's never a situation where it would not come in handy.
0: Because it's time machine cuz Bandit Bandit Keith had it, right? Yes. How is Bandit Keith not like winning everything?
1: Uh because uh he is a terrible person and as we've seen in the show, you can't win at card games if you're a terrible person.
0: There it is. There it is. I forgot. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so time machine is good, but it's not good enough to overcome your moral failings. God, that's so good. Time machine. It breaks the whole game. That's a a
0: perfect number one card.
1: And I get the feeling that we're like, it was played once and now we're going to never see it again, which makes me kind of sad. So I hope someone in the next season or in the next, whenever parts of the show we watch has this card because it's just so useful. And I, I really like the implications of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree. Yeah.
1: All right. Shit. I know I just <sighs> blew your mind, but I got to you know, did. what is your
0: number one card of 2018? Okay, so I spent a lot of time delivering Time things. Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not Time Wizard. Uh, I, I like Time Wizard, but Time Wizard, I, I don't know, it gets on my nerves. Uh, I went back and forth on whether or not I should list this as my number one card. It almost didn't make the list. Really? Yeah, but uh, I thought about it a lot, and my when I tell you my reasons, hopefully it will make sense. So I, I I'm going off book a little bit. My number one card is actually a tie. Hey, that's cheating. I know, it is, it is. I know, but when when I list the card and the reasons, hopefully you'll understand and you'll be able to forgive me. My number one card is Lava Battle Guard and Swamp Battle Guard. We saw really? them in we saw them in one episode. When Are
1: these the guys that combine uh with the Paradox Brothers to form Gate Guardian, or am I thinking of something else?
0: You're thinking of something else. You're thinking of okay. the ones that look like the Bionicles. Yes. Uh, Lava Battle Guard and Swamp Battle Guard are the red and green sort of ogre looking dudes.
1: Who, oh, the two bros.
0: Yes. Who Joey plays in his duel against Kaiba. No, in his duel against Rex Raptor. And the reason uh, that I love these cards so much is he gets, Joey gets the, I believe it's the Swamp Battle Guard. I, I didn't have the time to go back and watch this episode, but he gets one of the cards from Tristan. And he doesn't realize it at the time, but the two Battle Guards have this effect where they boost each other's attack and defense. And they can only work in unison together they're alone they're fine but like together they're more powerful right their power
1: multiplies through the power of friendship
0: it and that's that's exactly what i'm getting at you and i both know that i hate the friendship symbol right (laughs) that whole scene every time that flashback comes back i get like a little queasy right because it's just there's it's just too much
1: It's so dumb and cheesy.
0: But this episode has the best example on – I'm willing to argue on television of platonic male friendship where it's Joey and Tristan who had just had a fight and Tristan's like, no, you know what? We're friends. We fight for each other. I'm going to give you this card and this card is going to be a representation of my friendship to you. And then the cards themselves are bros and buds and like helped each other fight better. And there's this great shot where it's Tristan and Joey like flexing. And then behind them is Lava Battle Guard and Swamp Battleguard like also flexing. And uh, this like ray of sunshine. And that I think is... If nothing else, the message of this show distilled in a way that expresses the characters and their personalities way more than that symbol of friendship ever could, right? Yeah, like, they don't need the symbol of friendship. They they know in their like hearts and spirits that like this is what they're about, and these two cards as a unit are an in dual representation of that. That is so heartwarming. And
1: I agree. Yeah, that's the the core concept of the show. Like, even though the writing may not reflect that a lot of the time, because it's a kid's show about a card game. Like, this, the core message is, like, the friendship of these guys and how they're able to to help each other overcome obstacles. Yeah. I like it. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm going okay. to allow this.
0: Oh, All right. I was so worried. <sighs> okay. So that's my number one card of the year of 2018. Lava Battle Guard and Swamp Battle Guard together. There's only one problem. You and I have both listed our top five cards of the year, mm-hmm. but there can only be one card of the year of 2018. Dun, dun, dun. Jimmy, we need to we need to decide whose number one card is the card of the year.
1: Either your swamp battle guards and fire battle guards or the time machine.
0: Or the time machine. I think what we should do is each of us should take one to two minutes to make an argument. About why our card is more uh, representative of 2018, and uh, maybe what sort of, uh, like what sort I'm looking for, what sort of attitude it's going to bring as we move into 2019, and then the other will have you know the one to two minutes to do the same, and then we'll decide.
1: You know, I like that idea, but I concede. Uh, see, here's the problem. I was going to concede to you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I think your cards should win. Because <laughs> you have won me over completely just from the, the ideas behind your cards and how they work together. And, like, what that means and what that symbolizes. Especially... For the two of us still doing this podcast as friends, even though we're on opposite sides of the planet.
0: yeah, The Fire
1: Battle Guard and Swamp Battle Guard is just like us keeping our friendship alive I like through that. This, this dumb
0: medium. I like that. Well, see, and I was going to concede to you. I was like setting you up to win here, basically, because the time is. Because machine... I can just go back in time and cheat to win.
1: Because <laughs> I, know... <laughs> well, the... I know what your cards are going to be. Well, the time machine...
0: <laughs> god damn it the time machine i feel like is what everyone in 2018 wants we want to do you know what? that's fair <laughs> we, want we a, do we, want to do over we want a time machine we want to be able to go back to like not even just the beginning of this year maybe like 2010 right to like relive that but yeah i feel like to branch the timeline yeah to fix yeah. to fix the
1: mistakes of the world Appar- yeah back, back to the future this sucker yeah <laughs>
0: Okay so maybe maybe we can have maybe, maybe there's a compromise we can have here. I have an idea. What if we list time machine as 2018's spirit card? No <laughs> Time machine is, is the card I believe that embodies the soul of the year 2018. The year itself, the year itself.
1: You know what I will I'll, I'll grant that that seems fair. And then, who among us could not say the same?
0: Exactly,
1: who among us would not want to hop in this mist-shrouded time engine and undo <laughs> the the horrible state that we're in?
0: I tell you, I would in a heartbeat. That's not sign me up. Put me in that that metal cold boy and <laughs> ship ship me back.
1: Crack one open. <laughs>
0: uh crack
1: and open a cold one with the boys
0: <laughs> so time machine then 2018's spirit card lava battle guard and swamp battle guard will say are the cards of the new year
1: they're what we aspire to
0: they're what we aspire to be they're, you know they're I like that they're the cards that we want to see in the world
1: <laughs> we have completely derailed the uh, cards of the Year format we were going for, but in true Yu Gi Oh fashion, I feel like that works.
0: Yeah, I, I i think I think this is maybe the the truest compromise that we could come up with, both for Yu Gi Oh and for you, activated my podcast <laughs> because you know we we put so much effort into planning everything and doing everything exactly on script, right? Yeah, yeah, that's how it <laughs> works here. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Sure
1: we We set up our own uh top five format and completely broke it just like the show does all the
0: time yep, just like our number one cards did to the game also <laughs> uh all right, man okay, I feel really good about that we can like we can we can work with that um thank you to everyone out there who's listening for listening and for like still listening to our show and for supporting us uh, I know like. In my move, we had some downtime. I know that, you know, even while we were like getting the show up and running, we had some downtime. Thank you all for sticking with it and for like, you know, every time somebody messages us or emails us, I it, it really means a lot to me that somebody's listening and like enjoying the show. Um, I know that we are uh not uh, like Yu-Gi-Oh! experts, we're not like not by any means we're not like TV critics, you know we're we're certainly not like the best podcast out there, right like we're not making any top 10 charts but you know, I, I've been thinking about this a lot like I don't really I don't know that I want to be on a top 10 chart because I really like the fans that we have of this show. like I really enjoy having this sort of small community of people who like this show and who like this card game. And can also look at it and be like, yeah, it's all shit, right? <laughs> uh, just just the... like
1: we do with the show.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I, just, I really appreciate, like, everyone's, you know, sense of humor and their patience and their, like, uh, sort of outlook on life. You know, like, everyone that I've talked to through this show has been so just, like, happy just to be a part of, of something, right? Like, to, to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! with another person. Um, and I, I, you know, I like the purity of that, right? Like, it's so nice. It's so comforting to be like, yeah, another human into this weird thing. Like, you, you, know, that, you know that song Breakfast at Tiffany's? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a dumb song, but in the song, he's like, trying to find something in common with the girl that he's talking about. And he says, uh, "What about breakfast at Tiffany's?" You know the movie. And she goes, "Yeah, I think I remember that." And he goes, "See, that's one thing we have in
1: common—that
0: <laughs> they think they remember breakfast at Tiffany's." I I genuinely enjoy having this show in common with so many people, and I did not think that that would happen when I started this. It was literally yeah, it just still f- blows just blows my us. mind
1: whenever someone like interacts with us on like Twitter or Instagram. It's like, oh yeah, people are actually listening to these words people are out there or like listening to this conversation we're having as we're talking about a show about a children's card game.
0: Yeah, and like I don't know, I go through phases of like feeling sorry for those people. <laughs> <laughs> uh because, you know, that's just my opinion of my own voice, but uh yeah, I really I really do appreciate it. So, yeah, thank you guys. All of that to say, uh Merry Christmas and happy holidays and a happy new year. Uh yeah. Congratulations to Time Machine for being the 2018 Spirit card, and congratulations to Lava Battleguard, Swamp Battleguard for being the cards of the new year. If you take umbrage or issue with any of the things that we've said this week, uh, or have your own personal cards of the year that you want to share with us, you can tweet at us at Yampod, that's Y-A-M-P-O-D. You can message us on Instagram or comment on our Instagram posts at Y-A-M-P-O-D. Uh, You can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. There's also a form on our website, which is tyler.games slash Y-A-M-P or welcome to flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. Uh, If there's any
1: cards that you think that we have overlooked, please come uh, go to bat for those cards. We want to hear what you guys think.
0: Yes, please. No, I, I know, like, certainly in making my list, like, I, I know that there are so many cards that I just did not think of, right? Like, it's it was genuinely, like, kind of difficult for me to come up with what cards meant the most to me. And I know that my list is not going to be representative of most other people's. <laughs> uh,
1: but that's great. I sent you a link, but uh, listeners should know, uh, the official Yu-Gi-Oh! website has a list of all the cards that we see on screen in the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh!, which... I was surprised to see, and it was really helpful in coming up with my top five.
0: Yeah, it's a really good list too. It's got it's got the names and pictures of all the cards, and then you can uh, click on them for like more info.
1: Yeah, it was something nice that they didn't have to do, so I was kind of surprised to see it on there, but it was really cool.
0: Yeah, uh, I also want to shout out the the Wakia, uh, the 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 fandom Wakia. Uh, it's I think it's just YuGiOh.Wakia.com. Uh, their episode synopses, I mean, like you've heard us use them in like every episode we do pretty much. Uh, but their episode synopses are also really in depth and list every card used in every episode, along with links to like more information about that card. So if you're thinking of a particular episode, maybe more than a particular card, going to the wiki is really helpful to figure out what card they played when, uh, I definitely had to do that for a couple of these. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, is there anything else that uh, that you want to talk about before we we close out this show for the new year?
1: No, I say we shut the shut this baby down so our listeners can go and enjoy their
0: their Christmases. All right, absolutely. Uh, Whatever
1: it is they're doing today, yeah. whenever they
0: listen to it. <laughs> if you listen to this on Christmas Day, drop us a line because I genuinely don't think anyone will. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh, oh, uh, just before we go, I guess a quick reminder that we will not have an episode next week. Um, we're intentionally taking that week off to like, spend time with family and recuperate. Uh, and I, d- I don't even want to look at audacity for that time. So uh, we're just going to take it off and we'll be back on the ninth.
1: Yeah, I mean, to have an episode come out next week, we're going to have to like record New Year's Day and like, We don't want to do
0: that. Yeah, we we do have some bonus material kind of like in our back pocket. Uh, You know, we've got some fan fiction and stuff, some fan submissions. Um, But just because of the timing and because of where we're both at sort of in the world right now, uh, it kind of just seemed better to, we're just going to leave that off. And I want to do, I want to encourage you in that time off to like do the same, you know, like unplug, Take some time, breathe, go outside, that sort of thing, um, because there are certainly, as we say every week, more <laughs> valuable things that you can be doing with your 20 minutes than watching <laughs> an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh!, uh, and, and I hope you take some time to do them as well. So, uh, yeah, go listen to Jimmy's other podcast, Dungeons Against Humanity, uh, oh, yeah. DAH Podcast on Twitter, uh, DAHpodcast.com, I believe
1: dungeonsagainsthumanity.net Against I don't remember.
0: Anyway, Dungeons Against <laughs> Humanity, you head. can Google it. Uh, it's a great show where they use Cards Against Humanity cards to play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, there is going to be a live event in Portland coming up next month. You can check out our Twitter feed for information on that because uh, yeah. I've retweeted it every yeah. time it pops up. i uh, will talk about uh, it in the next episode too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, with that, we'll see you in two weeks. And until then. Oh, we didn't do an episode. We didn't have like a line to pull from an episode. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: That's okay. We can use Time Machine to go back and then we can think of something. Use Time Machine to go back and then we'll have a cool uh, line to use at the end. Perfect. Think of something. Okay.
0: Oh, good. I have a Time Machine right here. Here, let me hop in. Beep, boop, 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 boop.